And that's what I decided. I'm going to murder my mother. But I didn't feel that I had to uh, face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm the king, man. I decide who's does what and where they do it at. So next time you see me, <laughs> I will kill you. Oh, look at me, Mr. Rich Guy with multiple... Oh, yeah, I'm using my MacBook Air today, not well, no, my MacBook Pro, because I'm, I'm saying, a millionaire. I'm just saying it doesn't do it on the GarageBand program that is on my my Pro, so... Your other $2,000 laptop. Look, when I, when, I, when I open the GarageBand on my Air for some reason, it automatically just starts the metronome when I hit record, so... That's pretty stupid. That's a stupid hey, look, computer. Man, look, whatever it is. Mine doesn't do that. Maybe Here's I my being. You're mis- updated version, maybe. Yeah, you probably do because one. you're, because you're so rich with your, yeah. with yeah. your, with your Education gold coins makes. and your yeah. bank vaults that you swim in. Right, right, right. Education yeah. pays so well. It does. Right. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, um. So anyways. Yeah. yeah. Mr. We, uh, Mr. Rich guy here. Amzer. Amzer. <laughs> So yeah. what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. I'm Corey, and I'm joined by uh, Maximilian, a.k.a. Johnny, over here, who has two really expensive computers that he likes to bring up uh, pretty consistently. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've brought him up. I think there's at least 17 episodes where I've just gone on 17-minute rants. On. Yeah, I mean, that's been an entire episode called Johnny Has Two Computers and I Only Have One <laughs> that uh, I've had since, like, 2012. Yeah, I'm going to change my Instagram to Johnny Two Computers. <laughs> no, no, they need to change it to Johnny Two Max. That way everyone Johnny knows that they're not fucking stupid Windows computers and right, pieces right, right. of shit. Yeah, Johnny Two Max. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> so welcome to The Chilling Truth, everyone. I was going to start the episode with um, my impression of Zodiac, because that's who we're covering today. But... Uh, we started talking about Johnny's computers, and I thought that was funnier, so we just kind of rolled with it. But I know we don't usually do unsolved crimes, but this season, we figured it would be a nice little change to do it. So we talked about the Bardstown conspiracy slash murders, but now we're going to talk about the heaviest hitter when it comes to unsolved crimes. A killer who led police on a chase for close to a decade. He claimed 37 victims, 5 are confirmed, he injured 2, but possibly 20 to 28 and if you haven't picked up on it yet, and you didn't hear me say it five seconds ago, or if you can't read the title of the episode, today we're talking about Zodiac. It's fireworks, because it's a big deal. Zodiac's like the biggest unsolved crime that's like out there, I think. Is it? I think people forget about him. As big as it was. How do you forget about Zodiac? Jake Gyllenhaal's in that movie, and he's I mean, a babe. And then Mark Ruffalo? Ru- Ru- what is, how do you say his last name? Ruffalo. Is, Elsa said it was like Ruffalo or something. I was like, Who that doesn't fuck? sound right. No, it's Ruffalo. Mark no. Ruffalo. The Hulk. It was the Hulk. He's in the no, movie. It's Mark Ruffalo. But I watched that entire Ruffalo. movie and he did not get angry one time. And I was like, why did I even watch this? Yeah. The Hulk could kill Zodiac in five seconds. The Hulk is not real. You, you watch your fucking mouth. Yeah. We uh, we need to clap. Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. We do. All right, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Zodiac. <clears throat> Zodiac. So Zodiac was a name that he gave himself uh, when he was writing the letters and sending cards to the local press and the police, more or less taunting them. And this, oh God, I'm gonna bring him up. I'm gonna bring him up. All right. Did you send me a document? No, I never did. Yeah, send it all over. 
I thought actually I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. I I'll send it did. right now. Well, I'll send it now. Yeah, man. Thanks. No problem. I guess you should see the script. Um. So I mean, you can you can continue what you were talking about. Go ahead. I'm gonna start my sentence over the. Oh wow! So you yeah. can edit all this out? I think it's. Yes. Cool. No, you're good. Just leave you it. Need to maintain maintain professionalism. Whatever, no, man. Just leave it. Fucking leave it. I definitely can't now because all this bullshit. It. Why? I'm not gonna. Why? Everybody else. Everyone, when you, anyone who's listening to this, but yeah, just leave it. Leave it. When we're you all, start editing, right when you start, when you start editing the episodes, you can leave in whatever you want to leave in. Just leave it, dude. No one's chanting that. People are driving. Everybody and is having dinner with their families. Oh, dude. People are doing other things. They're interrupting dinner with this leave yeah. it chant. I'm a telemarketer. Do you want to buy anything? Wait, what? They always call it dinner time. Oh, right, right. That's what my dad used to say. Can I say my sentence now? Can I start it? Yeah, dude, go for it. Thank you. <clears throat> Zodiac was the name he gave himself uh, when he was writing the letters and sending the ciphers and things like that to the local press and the police, more or less taunting them. And this is somewhat common, and I'm going to bring him up. I have to bring him up. I fucking hate him, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring him up. BTK. BTK did the same shit, but in like a, mo the mo a more annoying way. BTK was did it in the worst way you could have done it, by writing stupid fucking little pussy-ass poems and stupid shit like that. If you write poetry now, there's nothing wrong with writing poetry. Uh, someone's backtracking. That's fine. But if you write poetry and you're also a murderer who writes bad poetry, fuck you. That's what I have to say. I think it's subjective. I think someone out there thinks that his poetry is beautiful and deep. Well then they are a fucking loser. This Now this episode is going to be a rabbit hole and because there is so much information about Zodiac out there and who he could possibly be and why he stopped killing. Uh, one scenario could be he's in prison for another unrelated crime, but the more likely scenario is he's fucking dead because this was extremely long time. This was in 1968, so it was, he's probably dead. Some of them may be dead. Johnny has this theory that there's multiple killers. Why not, man? What? What? I mean, it could just be a, a, a large number of copycat killers that idolize this. and Or, you know, now it's someone uh, has finally designed a blueprint for a, uh, a bulletproof plan for, for being so sadistic and evil. So people follow it to the T, and they get away with it. So people just keep doing it. Ironically, though, Zodiac really wasn't that sadistic of a killer. He's kind of just like a... I wouldn't really put him I in think, a category of I a process a or killer, product. I think to be a killer, you need to be. No, like, I don't you know. need to be a sociopath. You don't necessarily have to be sadistic. Well, I mean, I think you... I guess. I mean, if, when I think of sadistic, I think of like too, Ted Bundy. Like well, I guess that's that an extreme case. So he's he's obviously sadistic because you have to be sadistic to shoot someone in the back of the fucking head. But what I'm saying is, he, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd put him in the product or process killer uh, category because he didn't he didn't do anything with the bodies. I guess he was a process killer because all he wanted to do was the killing. He didn't give a fuck about the body afterwards. Well, let's break it down. Let's just get into okay. it. Let's just just get into it. Let's dive into. To Zodiac. So since we don't have anything about his childhood or the beginning of his life because we don't know who he is, we'll just get straight into the first murder. So let me set the scene for you. You're you're hanging out. It's dark, right? 
lover's lane. You're hanging out with a girl. Ooh. Things might get hot and heavy. You don't know, but you brought condoms just in case things did get hot and heavy. Yeah, man, you don't want to be unprepared. Exactly. Don't put it in your wallet, though, because that's bad for them. I've heard it's that. It's the 60s, can, dude. Free love, they, dude. They can wear out. No, st- STDs existed in the 60s. Well, I know, but they weren't thinking about that shit. Well, they should have. So, you're in you're in the car. You're hanging out. Radio's playing real low. Some nice 60s music. I don't know. What was the popular song? Uh, doo-wop. I don't know. Doo-wop. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe that was I don't know the song. Know. You got it. Okay, that's the scene. So, you're hanging out with a girl. You're like, man. I hope I can touch your titties tonight. But you don't know. But you hope you get to. Maybe she'll touch your penis. Who knows? Please. Please touch my penis. All right. Now that everyone's nice and hard, let's get on to this. So December 20th, 1968. Ooh, it's chilly. Nice and cold. Good reason to cuddle up with her. Mmm. In that bench seat of that 1968, probably later model vehicle. Mmm. So David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen... Uh, they were teenagers. Scratch everything I just said. That's child porn. Don't listen to any... Forget I said any of that stuff. I forgot these were teenagers <laughs> here. I'm not a pervert. Stop it. Uh, Put your dick away. If you're hard right now, there's something wrong with you. So, they're parked at a lover's lane. After a nice little date they had, a car approaches from behind. A figure gets out, walks up to the car holding a flashlight. But little did the, teen, the teens know he was also carrying a 22 caliber pistol. At first, they assume it's a police officer since they frequent these areas trying to catch the teens or watching them fuck. I don't know what cops. Probably watching them fuck. I feel like that's what cops in the 1960s I mean, you watch for a probably minute. did. You watch for a minute yeah. before you break it up. Yeah, I mean, let the dude get a few pumps in and then, you know, ah, knock it off. Unless I could get in there. Ah, I'm just kidding. Knock it off. Go home. So the figure approached the passenger side of the vehicle and fired a shot into the window. It hit Faraday right behind his him behind his right ear. Betty Lou jumps out of the car and runs into the night. She only makes it a few feet before she was shot five times across her back. Betty Lou died where she lay, but Faraday was still alive but bleeding heavily. Faraday made the 911 call and police soon arrived. The first detective on the scene was Russ Butterbach. Who actually is not a fat man. He sounds like he'd be a fat man, right? Well, no. Because his last name's Butterbach. I mean, if it was Butterbean, maybe. No, like the boxer Butterbean. He'll knock you the fuck out. Well, yeah, but he was oversized, you know. He's strong, big guy. Yeah, no, he wasn't a big guy. Uh, When he arrived, he went to talk to Faraday since he was the only victim alive, and unfortunately, he did not get anything out of him, and even more unfortunately, Faraday uh, died at the hospital. Or he was dead on arrival at the hospital. So that's it. That was the first murder. Um... And that was it. Like, the case pretty much went cold right after that. They didn't hear anything else about it. They didn't have any evidence other than it was a twenty-two caliber pistol. And that was it. There's no other information, really. So July 4th, 1969. A year later? Uh, was the last well, one? less than a year six later. Months? It had, yeah, it? six oh, months December. or so. December, yeah, okay. Seven months. Seven months later. Cool. Ooh, another Lover's Lane, Lake Herman Road. Ooh, Was it the same one? It wasn't the same place, right? No, I don't believe it was the same place. You're ruining my sexy time. No, I'm just trying to get into it, you know? I'm trying to to get into it, too, if you know what I'm saying. No, okay, that was Solano. This is... Yeah, this is uh, Vallejo. Okay. Vallejo. I don't know how to say it with an accent. Got it. So July 4th, 1969, just seven months after the murder at Lake Herman Road, Vallejo Police Vallejo Police Detective Ed Rust gets a call around midnight 
of possible shots fired around Blue Rocks Springs area. So the first one happened at Lake Herman Road, and this one happened at Rocks uh, Blue Rock Springs. Oh, okay, close to it. Okay, it was like nearby. Yeah, this one was. It's like, I think it was like, like two miles away or something. Oh, wow. It was really close. It wasn't far at all. Yeah. He got the call. Rust rushed over, and he's met with a body laying on the ground. Obviously, not a great thing to walk up on, as anyone in the world. He identifies the body as a young man who was shot in either the face or the neck and was bleeding profusely. When Rust walked over to the car, he's, he sees a young woman slumped over in the driver's seat. And shortly after this, a call comes through to the police department from the man claiming responsibility for the crime. And I'm going to play that 911 call here. Yeah. Do, 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 There, it played. So, I mean, when I listen to that, it reminds me of the East Area Rapist. Did you ever listen to those calls? Uh, Yes. Where he would like call and be like, oh, I'm going to fuck tonight with my fucking baby dick. Because he yeah, had a micropenis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they should have called him the micropenis murderer. That would have been but hilarious. But to be so honest, it was odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to you gotta lean into some stuff like that. If you have a micropenis and you're out there, just you got to go with it. Well, I mean, if it's small, you really do got to lean into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, she's not going to feel anything, but hey, you'll have a good time. yeah. So the call was traced back to a payphone literally a few blocks from the police station. So <laughs> the police arrived at the phone and it was dangling. The receiver was dangling from the payphone like real fucking dramatic like. Unfortunately, yeah, of course. Unfortunately, no prints were able to be lifted from the receiver. Uh, the way he says goodbye in it kind of makes it sound like he might be nervous. Mm -hmm. But I don't maybe he's just doing it just to be goofy. Because, I mean, he admits to killing the kids, also killing the other kids. I mean, he must not be that nervous. He's not right. too worried about getting caught. But he does this again and again uh, with, to the police and to the press. I'm not going to bring him up again. Fucking, I hate him. I'm not going to bring him up again. So, the victims were later identified as Darlene Farron and Mike Maggio, or Maggio. I can't remember which one it was on the documentary. I can't remember how they said it. But... So this is how it all went down. So the two drove to Blue Rock Springs and parked their car. After sitting there and talking for a while, a second vehicle pulled in. This wasn't necessarily unusual, seeing as how it was a lover's lane, so it easily could have been another couple trying to fucking get it in. Mm -hmm. But, if only it were. After pulling up beside them, the car al uh, almost immediately drove away, which I think is strange that he did this. Maybe he pulled up beside him and he was like, I can't blind them this way. I need to pull in behind them. Mm -hmm. That's the only scenario I could think of because he, every time he called, he seemed like he seemed calm and collected. He didn't seem like he was nervous about any of it. The turtles have straws in their noses. Australia just stopped being a literal hell. And the global elite and Illuminati are slowly destroying the world and there's nothing we can do. That's a lie. There is. You can check out Degradable. It's a podcast that is available on Anchor just like us, but instead of indirectly learning how to melt the skin off of a human corpse, you can learn how to make your own life a little more green and help save this planet that we and the reptilians call home. On Degradable, Haley and Kaylee will tell you ways to help by donating clothes, setting eco goals, and even how to do a green workout, which is more than my assumption of working out with a kale smoothie strapped to your mouth like a horse with a bag of oats. We all need to do what we can to help save the planet. That is until the aliens come down and blast us all away because we become useless for their agenda. 
But before that happens, be sure to go to anchor.fm slash degradable and check out the Degradable podcast. Now, back to the show. So I don't understand exactly why he would pull up and then, you know, leave like that. Mm -hmm. But just like we just said, the two shrugged it off as, you know, no big deal. Ten minutes later, the same car returned, this time parking behind the couple and shining their headlights into the vehicle's mirrors. The driver got out of the car and walked over to the passenger side of the vehicle. He walked up with a flashlight and a 9mm Luger. When he approached the vehicle, he shined the flashlight into Farron and Maggio's eyes before firing at them five times. Mm. Several of the bullets had passed through Maggio, who was in the passenger seat, and hit Farron, who was in the driver's seat. The killer, satisfied with his work, walked away, but upon hearing Farron moaning, he returned back to the car and fired two more shots into each of the victims. That's crazy. And she still didn't even die until she was in the ambulance. That's insane. Right, she still lived. I mean, I guess just if you get shot, just play dead. Just don't yeah, make any it was, noise. It was like angry killing, dude. Like, he's got some pent-up shit. This one is definitely more aggressive than the first one. Obviously, they're both aggressive, but this one, like, five shots, bam, 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 bam. Like, that's that's aggressive. So, he fired two more shots into each of the victims. Farron died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, but Maggio miraculously survived, despite being shot in the face and in the neck. He described his attacker as 26 to 30 years old, 195 to 200 pounds, 5'8", white with short brown curly hair. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things about this murder that I think is interesting. So, the first being shining the light into the car from behind. This is a police tactic. If you've ever been pulled over, you know that they shine that brightest fuck spotlight into your mirrors. And this is so you can't see them walking up to your vehicle, so you don't know exactly where they are, so you can't prepare to do something stupid. Uh, this is something police are taught explicitly in training, and when I was an MP, they taught us the exact same thing. So this could indicate he had prior police or military experience. The other thing being he used a different gun. So if you remember, the first burner was done with a twenty-two caliber handgun, and now he's using a 9mm Luger. This, can, this indicates he either owns or has some sort of access to multiple guns. Again, could indicate prior military or police experience. And I, I don't know. It could also mean that he idolized law enforcement was never... Dude, I don't... I'm 5'7", and 155, 160 looks pretty heavy on my small friend. Dude, 5'8", 195, 200 pounds. He was out of shape. I'm Right, but I mean, so, he could be prior police or prior military. I, Those guys gain weight when they get out. I gained weight when I got out. When he got out, he was 26 to 30 years old. That's how he's described. So he was a younger cat. So this motherfucker could have been someone who idolized law enforcement but was never good enough to get in, but he still studied the behaviors and the mannerisms of police officers. That's like old time. Bumblebutt. Well, people do it with the military all the time. People do it with police officers. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, fucking boots do that shit. Well, and I'm just saying people that didn't serve. You know, anyway, so the... I, I could easily, you know, when you, while you're thinking prior military, prior police, it's like, dude, this dude could be a fucking whack job, and he just. Well, he definitely is a whack job, 100%, but. And that's, maybe that's uh, why he's so angry, you know, he couldn't do the thing that he wanted to do, uh, you know, if he was overweight, or, you know, maybe he was, like, socially awkward, so 
you know, girls weren't an option. So he was a, you know, lover's lane type areas. Maybe he's I mean, that would make sense if you're looking about at people yeah. being in relationships or like, you know, you know, intimate relationships that he's not capable of maintaining. So he could be pissed off about that. Right. But OK, well, I'm, we'll keep that. Put a pin in that. We're going to bring it up again when we talk about the taxi driver. The first three murders, or I guess scenario, I guess incidents, because there was, you know, it was multiple people, but they were all couples. So yeah, I guess that could make sense. But more than more than likely, this guy is very isolated, and we'll get into that when we talk about the letters who were evaluated by a psychiatrist. But so let's take your theory of him not being prior military and not being prior police, and let's talk about this other part here. So this. We didn't talk about it in the first or in the first murder, but the five shots that he shot into Betty Lou's back were grouped very close. Grouped as in like they were all close together in a deliberate way. Like when you qualify with a weapon, your grouping is important. Like you need to get all your shots to be near each other because that indicates accuracy. Mm-hmm. And he did this with a twenty two, which is a shitty gun to begin with. Son of Sam used the twenty two well, and he barely close, killed anybody. Well, the a twenty two close range would do the job, dude. Seriously. Right, but I mean, you've seen a twenty-two bullet, right? Like they're really fucking tiny. Like they're meant to kill like birds and like squirrels and shit like that. They're not right. meant to kill a full-grown person. They can though. It's not designed. Yes, they can. To, but it will. A pencil can kill a full-grown person. Right, but okay. So, uh, I have a, uh, a twenty-two Ruger. It's a like a six-shot. It's a it's a revolver. So I have uh, that, and then I have uh, a twenty-two rifle. And they both short shoot the shorts, right? Well, so the pistol shoots the longs, but that pistol when when you fire that thing, fire comes out of that thing, and it puts a, I mean it's a twenty two, but there's so much force behind that caliber, it's it's still gonna it, a shot to the head, you're done, like it'll kill someone. I I could shoot that, you in the no, chest. No, 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 not necess- not every time though. Up close, a twenty two is a lot more powerful than you BTK get. shot. I can't remember the fucking guy. He, could be he a lousy shot him in gunman. the face. Well, of course, BTK was a lousy and, gun. He's and, a lousy and, piece and, of shit person. Yeah, but we're talking about like also like luck and and trajectory. Yes, no, this yes, isn't luck a, though. Yes, a twenty-two can bounce off bones, and you know, crazy shit can happen. And you can get hit in the face and survive. But that I'm I'm not willing to take my chances. The chances of dying from a twenty-two to the face are pretty fucking high, dude. Right, but okay, so he did this with a twenty-two, which okay, is a shitty gun. A shitty gun to be killing a person with. How about that? A twenty-two is a pretty decent caliber gun. To I mean, be it, killing a person with. Well, though. it's not ideal if you, but you don't want to. Uh, I don't shot for guns like would this kill a person? I know what'll knock something Zod- down. <laughs> Zodiac probably did. Though. Right, but no, because if he did, he wouldn't have gone with a twenty-two. I'm just saying a twenty-two is probably all he had access to at the so time. So accessibility then. Yeah, probably. I don't know, but I mean, if 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 I had a gunman coming after me and all I had was a twenty-two, I'm gonna use that, and I'm probably gonna, you know, like I'm I'm I believe you'll that, at least scare him away. No, I believe that if I am strategic enough and basically beat him, if if I'm as quick and as accurate as I'd like to be in that situation. I can take the dude down and put him down and keep him down with a twenty-two. Right, but to group the one, group the shots the way he did with a twenty-two, two line vehicles. I think he was just he was a lousy like shot. He was he was just shooting into the vehicle. 
No, no, no. She was running away when he shot her in the back. She was moving. Right, but he was still pointing and shooting. It's not like he was looking down the barrel or trying to like use sights or anything. He was just. He had to be to group them the way he did. He had to be. He did this to a moving target after he just murdered someone, and in the dark. So. He, he has nerves of steel, right, but as that well as okay. he has to have extensive shooting Well, in practice. that case, it only explains how powerful a twenty two. I mean, you, it, obviously it's accurate, but if you have enough rounds, you can basically pile the rounds in the same area, cause enough profuse bleeding, and then, I mean, it does the job. A good carpenter never blames his tools. Um, All right. It, yeah, but a that carpenter applies. can say that my saw is too sharp to cut. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Too, 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 how too dull. It, too dull. How to is cut. it too My sharp? To cut I meant to say dull. It's <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, or like you know, uh, you know, tools can be fucked up. Right. Exactly. And everyone's. Okay. I, I mean, there's a lot of dudes. Their first set of tools uh, is hand-me-down shitty tools. And do you want to move on? Because right. we're talking about carpentry now. Let's move on. I guess. Who brought up the carpentry? I did, because okay. I was trying to make a point. And I don't know what the point was now. I don't I've lost it. All right, so we're moving on to the letters. I think then. you were doubting the 22. I was very much doubting the 22. Yeah. Well, don't doubt the 22. I fucking get, I get that now. God damn. Don't doubt a 22 in front of Johnny. Well, I mean, anybody holding a 22. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you don't want to be like, well, but that's not going to kill me. And then you're going to be the guy that says that. And then you got killed with a 22. Yeah, odds are, yeah. Like the guy that died from being stabbed and his last words were, what are you going to do, stab me? In time, both of the murders go cold and has no real effect outside of Vallejo County. This is until August 1st, 1969. Three separate letters prepared by the killer were sent to Vallejo Times-Herald, San Francisco Chronicle, and the the San Francisco Examiner. The letters later examined by a psychiatrist said they were written by someone who was, quote, brooding and isolated. It sounds like any number of sociopath killers that we talk about on the show all the fucking time. But in the letter, he claimed credit for the murders that had taken place and also included in each a one-third of a 408-symbol cryptogram, which claimed would reveal his identity. Now, if you've ever done any bit of Zodiac research, you have seen this cryptograph. You've seen this cipher that he made. But he demanded... They all each be printed on the front page of the paper. He would, quote, cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. It's a pretty bold threat to make to the press. Yeah, pretty gnarly. But, but also boldly, the Chronicle printed its one-third of the letter on the fourth page with a side note from Vallejo Police Chief Jack E. Stiltz wanting proof that the letters came from the killer, the threatened murders did not happen, um, and eventually all three parts were published by each of their uh, respective papers. So he's, he's all barking no bite right, yeah, right now. That's what it looks like. Yeah, he's not a man of his word. What a lame-ass. I mean, I'm actually kind of glad he's not a man of his word, because well, then no, 12 I mean, people ob- dead. Obviously, but, you know, he sounded so confident. This is kind of like the time that you said Ed Gein was admirable for staying a virgin. No, I, his be- the behavior of, of abstaining from sex is admirable. I think we clarified that. But he dug that. up bodies, so that kind of cancels out there. Well, it's two different behaviors. I'm not condoning all of his behavior. There's, you know, it's like religion. You pick and choose what is good and what is not. Ah, and we've made it to religion uh. on the Zodiac episode. It's, it's complete. Uh. We've done it. Yep. Hmm. 
So a few days later, on August 7th, 1969, <laughs> another letter was received at the examiner. This letter was in response to the police chief and told of details about the crimes that had not yet been released, as well as a claim to police when they crack his code, quote, they will have me. On August 8th, literally a day later, Donald and Betty Hardin cracked the 408 symbol cipher, which I will read now. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is they, when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and I will have killed, will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to sloy down or atop my collecting of slaves from my afterlife. And then the last uh, 18 letters of the cipher couldn't be determined. Now, I know I read that kind of stupid, but if you look it up, he can't fucking spell for shit. So <laughs> all those words that I said all stupid were misspelled in the letter. But, I mean, that's the good thing about killing for a supernatural reason. You can't really prove that he's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I go out and I kill because God said, told me if I don't kill 17 people, the sun will explode, and I kill 17 people and the sun doesn't explode, technically, I'm a hero, and I shouldn't have to go to prison. Did you want the sun to explode? Or did you want 17 people to sacrifice their lives so the sun doesn't explode? Right, right. It does sound silly. No, it doesn't. It sounds accurate. It sounds like I am the savior of the world, and I shouldn't be punished for that. So he's collecting slaves for the afterlife. Uh, he can't spell, because like I said, it's full of misspellings, but that may be chalked up to the symbols and being mixed up and yada, yada, yada. So, the couple that solved it, it's actually pretty crazy, because Donald was a school teacher, and it took him a day to crack this whole code. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, honestly. Well, I mean, maybe he was already interested in zodiac signs anyway. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what his background is. I just think it's interesting that he figured it out in a fucking day. So this murder, I mean, if you've seen the movie Zodiac, it's on Netflix, go watch it. It's pretty good. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and it's got Mark Ruffalo in it. Ruffalo. Ruffalo. It's got Mark (laughs) Ruffalo in it. It's also got Robert Downey Jr., but he literally just plays Iron Man in the movie, and he's a fucking prick, so whatever. So December 22nd, oh, I'm sorry, this murder is the most chilling of them, I think, because in in the movie, it's played out so eerily. It's so good. So on December 22nd, 1969, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were picnicking on Lake Lake Berryessa. While laying on the shore, Cecilia spotted a man. She saw him duck behind a tree and then started walking towards them again. She noticed that he had a gun in his hand and her and Hartnell stood up. The man was about 5'11 tall. What the fuck? <laughs> I put y'all for some reason. I, I was typing it on my phone last night. That's why it says y'all. The man was about 5'11", y'all. Over the man was about 5'11", y'all. He's over 170 pounds <laughs> and was wearing a black executioner-style hood, sunglasses, and a big black garment on the circle with a cross symbol on it like he was going to spill some beans on himself. Well, All right, let me back Zodiac up. Symbol. It was a Zodiac symbol. Yeah, it was a Zodiac symbol, yeah. So the man claimed he was an escaped convict from a prison either in Montana or Colorado, and he had killed a guard and stolen a car to get where he was. He said he was not afraid to kill again, which is not something you want to hear out of a man who has a gun pointed at him. No, you give him those damn keys, man. You give him the keys, you give him your wallet, whatever you got to do to get out of this situation. 
Except die. Try not to die. Yeah, if you can prevent from dying, you've succeeded. So he demanded the keys and the money so he could escape to Mexico. Uh, Do you boys like Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> Man, my comedic timing is on fucking point. I didn't go that far, but it was a good reference. No, it was good. Yeah, it was a good one. So the killer brought pre-cut pieces of plastic clothesline with him. He forced Shepard to tie up Hartnell and then tied up Shepard. He then checked Hartnell's bindings and tightened them because Shepard didn't tie them tight enough, which is a good move on her because hopefully he could have escaped and got out of the situation. But he did not. They were both then forced onto their stomachs and hogtied. The killer then walked away, and Hartnell just assumed it was a weird robbery. And then out of nowhere, he turned around, pulled out a knife, and began stabbing Hartnell in his back as he laid hogtied on his stomach. After he stabbed him six times, he moved on to Shepard, who he stabbed ten times. The killer then left, walked 500 yards back up to Knoxville Road, drew the Zodiac symbol on Hartnell's car, and wrote, quote, Vallejo slash 122068 slash 7469 slash September 27th, 69, 630 slash by knife. So pretty rough murder, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. So at 7.40 p.m., the killer called the Napa County Sheriff's Office from a payphone to report this crime. The caller first stated to the operator that he wished to, quote, report a murder. No, a double murder. (laughs) I need to report a murder. No, wait, a double murder. I'll take two. Thank you. Before stating that he had been the perpetrator of the crime. The phone was found still off the hook, all fucking dramatic-like again, minutes later at the Napa car wash on Main Street. So, uh, <clears throat> hold on. And this was only a few blocks from the sheriff's office as well, yet 27 miles from the crime scene. Uh, the detectives were able to lift a print from the receiver, but it did not match any suspect, uh, unfortunately. But after hearing their screams for help, a man and his son who were fishing in a nearby cove discovered the victims and uh, called for help by contacting the park rangers, which... um. I'd say it's not a good experience when you're fishing with your son to uh, come up on a woman and a man who have been stabbed almost to death. Uh, Kind of ruins the camping trip a bit, I'd say. Puts a damper on the whole mood there. It puts the family in therapy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I went fishing with my grandpa all the time, and I don't remember ever stumbling upon a body. That's good, that's good. Yeah, no bad memories there. So Napa County Sheriff's deputies Dave Collin... Collins and Ray Land were the first law enforcement officers to arrive at the scene. Cecilia Shepard was conscious when Collins arrived, providing him with a detailed description of the killer. Hartnell and Shepard were taken to the taken to Queen of the Valley Hospital in Napa by ambulance. Shepard unfortunately lasted to a coma during transport to the hospital and never regained consciousness, and she died two days later. But Hartnell survived to recount his tale to the press. And Napa County Sheriff Detective Ken Narlo, who was assigned to the case from the outset, worked on solving the crime until his retirement from the department in 1987. And we will pick back up with part two with a the cab driver attack that I was talking about. We'll talk more about another cipher that was uh, that was sent. And then there's more attacks. There's more communication. There's more communication. There's more attacks. It's just there's a lot of shit going on. 
we're just we're scratching the surface of Zodiac right now with this episode, so we got a lot more Zodiac to talk about. This might be a three-parter. We might have a bonus episode this season. It's a tale as old as time, some would say. But that wraps up Zodiac. Well, for this episode, that wraps up episode one. We'll be back uh, in two weeks with part two, and then we will dive deeper and deeper into Zodiac. Like a knife. Like a knife. Like... Inappropriate. Yeah. Not appropriate. Yeah, no, that's not cool. I regret my statement. I do not. But I will not be censored. I've talked about this before, and I refuse to be censored on my own podcast, and I will scream about it until the day I die. On part two. Let's wrap this up. On part two, I will scream about it more. So you can follow me on Instagram at How the Dad's Show. You can follow Johnny on Instagram at Johnny2Jokes. You can follow the show at something 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 because I have to look it up because I literally forget every fucking time we record it is simply the Chilling Truth Podcast on Instagram that's it Chilling Truth Podcast on Instagram um, if you guys have time please go leave us a review on iTunes it is super helpful you guys have no idea how helpful it is to get those reviews on there either it's good or bad we've had bad reviews you know yeah we like those just as much well not as we like them we like them I like the good reviews better but the bad ones are just as fine I'm yeah, not arguing with anyone those. on that we, we discuss yeah, them fine. you leave a negative review we will discuss it and I will track you down and I will force we, you to change will, it or I will hog tie you and stab you in the back we will not do any of that I will I will do those things to okay, you okay well it's because it I'm stated here killer. that I have no part in that so I'm a time traveler I'm actually Zodiac Alright, I gotta go. No one's listening at this point, so it doesn't matter that I just confess to these crimes. Mm. No, the, the ads are going right now. <laughs> yeah, no, we've said the Instagram part, so that's when everyone turns it off. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that is all of Zodiac, so I can sing all I want, because no one's listening. Later. And I know how much you like when I sing, so. Yeah. All right, guys, well, that is um, Zodiac, and we will catch you guys on the flippity-flip. Later.